Yeah, Thad's right. We need to invite more people during this holiday season because this is a time when people have been thrown away by family. They're alone. And that's where the enemy looks for them is when they're alone, they're isolated. And he starts talking lies and tell them how worthless they are. We'd rather them be here with people who understand. And so we can love them like Jesus. My name's Shannon. I'm a firm believer in Jesus, and I celebrate recovery from depression, suicidal thoughts, cutting, and a whole list of other things. Tonight, we are looking at Principle 8, and it's the lesson titled, Yes. Before we go into uh, God's message, let's, let's lift our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, sometimes the hardest thing to say is yes. You freely offer us grace. There's nothing we can do to work for it, to earn it. You freely offer it, and yet we can't say yes. But everything that the enemy offers, we're so quick to say yes. And that's when we have a hard time saying no. But God, tonight, let this teaching be whatever it is each person needs to hear, whether it's for their own confirmation, their own clarity, their own decision, or for that next conversation that you're going to put us in. Give us the words to speak to that person because you already know where their hearts are at and where they're crying from. God, just give us your word to comfort them so they know that you hear them and you've never left them. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your son. Amen. So tonight, principle eight and step 12. Yield myself to God to be used to bring this good news to others, both by my example and by my words. Matthew 5.10 says, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, sometimes we get to principle eight and we probably feel like we have nothing to offer anybody. I know I've said before and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Sometimes the most precious gift we have is just to be present in somebody else's life. We may feel like we're worthless. We can't really help anyone else. That we're not really able to be used by God. But nothing could be further from the truth. God just needs us to be willing. He will give us everything else we need to do whatever it is he needs us to do. So here's an example. You take an old beat up soda can. It's dirty, it's dented, it's smashed on one side. But a few years ago, it was thrown in the garbage. It was deemed useless. It had no value to continue in circulation. But modern technology changed that. Today, it's recycled, it's melted down, it's purified, it's made into a new can. It's shiny and clean, and it can be used again. Scripture tells us iron sharpens iron. And what that means is when we're in small group, and we're listening to each other, and we're in 12-step, and we're supporting each other, iron is sharpening iron because we're all at different points in our walk. 
So God uses each of us to grow each other, but he also uses us to prune each other because we are the ultimate accountability partners. So this is what principle eight does. It recycles our pain by allowing God's fire and light to shine on it. It melts it down, melting down our hurts, habits, and our hangups so that we can be used in a positive way. Our lives are recycled and put on display for others to see how these principles and steps work through the healing power of Christ. We come out of the darkness, out of our pain, and into the light of Christ. Now, society will tell us we're worthless. There's nothing that, that we have any value of unless we satisfy somebody's flesh desire. And that is not what God created us for. Some people actually believe that people in pain are useless. Uh, just leave them in their own world. Leave them in their own pit. Don't get mixed up in that. But Celebrate Recovery, we know that your pain has value. Because your pain... When you bring it to the front and you get that blue chip, you're saying, I don't want to carry this anymore. And you give it to God. And God starts recycling. So principle eight says, yes. Yes stands for yield myself to God. This is found in Galatians 6, 1 and 2. E, be an example. That's very important that we are an example 1 Timothy 1.5 supports this. And S, serve others as Jesus Christ did. When we're an example, we share our testimony. We share our struggles. And many times people look at us and go, I would have never thought you've been through that. That's because God heals scars. He heals them up so well that we actually have to point them out to people. And share where we've been. But serving others goes a step further. When we share our testimony, when we share our wounds, when we're saying, this is where I was, this is where God brought me from, then we turn around and we say, let me help you. Let's walk through this together. Let me support you. Let me be your accountability. Some examples are being an accountability partner. Now that means you're going along this journey at the same time. Maybe you're in the same length of, of recovery as someone else, but you're white knuckling it together. We're not alone. Another example is to be a sponsor. I always say a sponsor is like a football coach. They're on the sidelines, they've been there, they've done that, they see the potholes in the road, and they can say to you, veer right, veer left, hold up, CR, we also say you can be a greeter. As hard as it is to walk through those front doors, when somebody's standing there with a smile on their face and they're not saying, all right, what's your junk? Where you been? What's wrong with you? Why you got to have a court stamp? That's not how it goes. Hey, come on in. We got food. We got drinks. Sometimes we have to clarify on that. We got Cokes. We got water. <laughs> we greet people and celebrate recovery pretty much the way a southern home does. When you walk in the door, hey, you want a glass of sweet tea? Come in, sit down, let's talk. 
We help each other through events, giving our testimonies. We invite people to celebrate recovery. And we become a small group leader. You see, we step into leadership out of the gratitude that overflows in our hearts. Because God's done so much for us. And we've seen him work in other people's lives. And we can't help but to get more people coming in so they can experience what God does in your life. See, there are many areas that we can say yes. But the biggest thing is with John 3, I'm sorry, John 13, 14 through 15. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also shall wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Christ has put many people in our lives. If you think back where you were, whether it was a jail cell, whether it was a rehab, whether it was in your car behind a store ready to check out, God puts angels in our paths. And those angels speak to us. They speak directly to our wound. Because they've been there. God has redeemed them. He has restored them. And now they search out those that are hurting. I'm a firm believer that a wounded soul is drawn to a healed soul. Because the wounds are not there anymore, but they do see your scars. They catch some of the language. They connect with you on a level. And they want to know how you got to where you are. In that moment, we get to be the doorway for Christ to step through. That's what it means to be his hands and feet. We are the doorway for him to step through and meet that person face to face. You see, when we say yes, we're not just saying, okay, God, whatever your plan is, your will, whatever, I guess I'm there. When we say yes, we're saying, God, I don't have anything to give, but I know you can use me. If you use Moses and a staff, you can use me and my clumsy feet. God, if you can literally move a mountain, then this anthill that's in front of me will blow away with the next gust of air. When we say yes, we're saying, God, I don't have any idea what your plan is. But your plan always is the best. And I will follow you to the end of this earth until I can see you face to face in eternity. That's what saying yes means. In recovery, when we say yes, we're saying, God, this is the front line of the spiritual battle. That enemy will walk through those doors with someone. He will come straight to the altar. He will listen to their prayers. And he'll go sit down. Because if we're not standing in victory on the word and believing in the blood of Christ, the enemy is not afraid of us. But when you say, yes, God, and you start stepping out of the boat, even when the crashing waves are taller than you are, that's just the enemy taunting us. But we step out anyway. And in that moment, the enemy knows he's got to flee. Every time I go into the jail, I would always leave. And y'all probably heard me say this before. I would always 
leave them with something. <clears throat> and I would say to the, to the ladies, addiction's hell. But we're not in the pit yet. We're at the front door. And knowing how bad your hell was, knowing how bad your childhood was, knowing how bad the abuse was, knowing how bad all of this was, there's somebody else out there. And God didn't create me to speak to everybody. He didn't create Andre to speak to everybody. He didn't create Mike to speak to everybody. He didn't create Tish to speak to everybody. I'm a firm believer we're all created to speak into somebody else's situation. That person's still in hell. Their children are still in hell. How long are we going to leave them out there? There's a song that says, God, why didn't you change this? Why didn't you change that? Why didn't you do something? And the chorus says, God said, I did. I created you. There are people that do not believe in heaven or hell. And it's in these moments that we get to be their angels when we say yes. But it's all through God. It's through him connecting us, through him preparing their hearts for the words that he gives us to speak. There's somebody out there that you are meant to speak life to. How long are you going to leave them in hell? Because when we get sober and we get serious, I don't know about you, but the ladies in my 12th step, let me tell you, I'll tell everybody, give me a water pistol, big Uzi full of holy water and a backpack full, bling it out. I ain't wearing heels. That's going to send me to the ER. But I will kick open the gates of hell. Because there was a time in my life when the enemy kept whispering to me, you're worthless, you're nothing, nobody sees you, you're invisible, just come with me. And I almost did. I tell everybody that my son is my anchor baby. That is the only thing that kept me on this earth. Because I would not leave him behind feeling unloved the way I grew up, feeling unloved. So when I say game on Satan, I'm in it. And I mean it for every one of you. I will pray with you. I will pray for you. I will pray over you. The enemy didn't know that God was going to call me to preach. He just knew that God had a plan for me just like he's got a plan for you. And that's enough to make him tremble. We're all called to preach. We just don't know where God's going to put our pulpit. Are you ready to say yes? Because the pulpit's already there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, it's times like this that I just wish I could literally be face to face with the Prince of Darkness. God, it's times like this that I want to just have my fist in his face telling him that in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, he has no hold on me. And I will make sure everybody around me knows that they are precious and they are loved and they are individually created for a purpose that you have ordained. And no matter how many lies the enemy tries to tell, that purpose never changes. No matter how many detours people go down, no matter how much addiction, no matter how much gambling, no matter how much abuse, your purpose and your promises never change. Because when you speak, we can write it in stone because you did with the commandments. You are not a God of if, you are a God of I am. 
And right now, God, I pray for that heart that doesn't know what to do next. I just pray they say yes. I just pray they come to the altar. God, just help us surround them and lift them up and encourage them and speak life into them so that every time they get up every single morning and their feet hit the floor, the enemy trembles because they're not in this battle alone. We will stand with them. We will always stand with every single person you send to us because at some point you sent somebody to stand with us. Lord, I lift every heart up to you, and I pray that whatever it is on each heart, that burden is lifted. You're, they're cloaked with peace and mercy and grace. And tonight they sleep like they have never slept before as confirmation that your hand rests upon their lives. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your Son. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon.